TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. It's Hancock and Kelly. Brian Recker has something to be thankful for. And that's the fact that we're in doing this show. We're not normally the late night guys. We're grateful to be with you good people this evening. Hey, if you want to hop in on the conversation, any of it this evening, you can join us at 1-800-925-1120. If you're in the St. Louis area there, 314-436-7900. John, we're going to revisit the conversation about Thanksgiving and in famous barn a little bit, but uh, just to put a pin in our conversation, I want to remind you to 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 remind me to bring up the famous uh, French onion soup at famous bar. Oh, yeah, uh, and a couple of memories as it relates to that. But uh, be remiss uh, for us not to address what it is that we typically do on a daily basis. You uh, are the former head of the Republican Party in the state of Missouri. I, the Democratic Party in Missouri, we have. Strong political opinions with each other, but we um, share a common understanding of each other's humanity, and I accept that you're usually wrong. <laughs> um, I, I saw that you, uh, uh, you, have you been paying attention to Vice President Biden's uh, and President-elect Biden's appointments to his cabinet? Um, yeah. Kind of shocking, nobody there uh, being appointed to be a Treasury Secretary or to be appointed to the administration that's worked on television, that's some news celebrity that um, Joe Biden must have been watching in his room. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Donald Trump. Everybody uh, really being institutionalists who um, uh, are getting really high marks for not being quite too radical. Lots of folks on your side of the aisle fear-mongered about the fact that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and uh, Stalin, we're going to be appointed to the Biden administration, but no, what we've seen Stalin. is some is some really good, sensical institutionalists uh, who can hopefully bring back some well, normal I, fiscal policy yeah. and normal uh, foreign policy. Right. Yeah. Well, what it is, it's a it's a it's a it's a recap of the Obama administration. I mean, all these people worked in the Obama administration. I guess nothing surprising there. Um, and no you know, they handled during the Obama administration. None of his people went to jail. Uh, we didn't have any of the cabinet secretaries getting fired via Twitter. 
Um, uh, we didn't. No, see, you only um, only had the IRS going after conservative conservative organizations and trying to put them out of business. Uh, I mean, the, you know, every administration has issues and problems. Obama did. Uh, certainly, Trump has. Um, yeah. But you know, if if you look at the if you look at the folks that have been appointed thus far, and there's not that many. It's mostly the the national security folks. Um, you know, they're institutional choices. They're people that have backgrounds in the agencies that they they will now head. Uh, and there's a lot to be said for that. And uh, there's a lot of good from that. But there's also um, a history there. And, you know, I, I've got a I've got a kind of a bifurcated feeling about these appointments so far. On the one hand, I'm gratified that Biden is appointing people that are going to reestablish our Western alliances and um, get America back into a leadership position in the world, uh, leading the free world and doing it with allies who are at our side. I think that's all good. And uh, and some of that, I think, suffered, uh, honestly, under, under under the Trump administration. But on the other side of that, you're appointing people who have a background and history of appeasing China at a time when China is, I think, clearly our biggest threat to uh, being the world superpower. And I hope that we don't fall back into a policy where we're appeasing China, letting them off the hook, letting them build islands in the South uh, China Sea and establish military bulkheads there with no uh, with no response because that's not going to be good for the long-term health and I guess, safety of, of the world. but we're coming off of presidential administration that spent most of its time focused on forest poly, foreign policy of alienating our ally, allies in Eastern Europe, embracing the thuggish dictator that is the president of Russia, really ignoring China and spending a lot of time writing love notes to North Korea. I think it's interesting Again, John, that you're you're trying to say, oh, that there's this big fear of what's going to go down with China. Think of where we've been for the last four years. Think of the nonsense that we've dealt with as a country. Um, to sit here and to, to 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 argue that Joe Biden is going to be this disaster, the fact that he is stopping the bleeding uh, as it relates to our allies in in uh, Western Europe, number one, two, reestablishing that Russia is our enemy. This is a man who is trying to sow discontent in this country and take down the Americas and is not going to waste their time dealing with some childish dictator because they want to be involved in publicity photo shoots uh, and now fear-mongering about China. Goodness gracious, the man hasn't even gotten there yet, but he's already said that he's going to quit doing a lot of this sideshow stuff that the carnival barker's been doing. Well, I'll, I'll put the jury aside on China, and, and we'll see, you know, how this thing develops. Russia, just simply because of their economy and, and where they are, they're not a direct threat to the United States right now. They are a direct threat to a lot of those Baltic countries, um, Ukraine, Georgia, uh, countries on their border that were freed after, after the uh, emancipation from Gorbachev. Back in 1989, you've got a lot of independent countries there that are struggling. And Russia does have an eye towards reassembling its power. Now, that's not a direct threat to the United States, but it is a direct threat to our Western European allies. And so we've got to keep an eye on them. 
you are correct. North Korea does pose, continue to pose as a substantial threat to our peace and security. Um, now, I don't personally have a problem with the way Donald Trump dealt with North Korea. Uh, he, he met with them. They had three summits. Love uh, nothing nothing, nothing uh, of, of real consequence was achieved, but uh, our, our sanctions stayed in place. We didn't ease back on them. We didn't give any concessions uh, without anything coming back from the North Koreans. So that, that relationship is basically in stasis right now. Pretty and much. It's going to be a problem. synopsis of what the Trump administration was. Nothing really happened except a lot of people got pissed off. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on inside of the two parties. We're going to talk to one of the smartest people I know, uh, whose name is not John Hancock, and his name is John Prouty. Uh, tell us, do you know John Prouty, Mr. Hancock? He, he's my partner. So you got Hancock and Kelly on the radio, and you got Hancock and Prouty with the IRS. Uh, <laughs> he's my he's my business partner, and uh, he is, in fact, one of the brightest political uh, people I know, great insights, and we'll talk about the future of the Republican and Democrat parties. Jonathan Prouty uh, is going to join us after this on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. St. Louis's weather station, KMOX. And welcome back to KMOX. It is John Hancock and Michael Kelly. We're in for Ryan Recker. It's Overnight America. We've had an action-packed hour and 15 minutes so far, and uh, there's more fun yet to come. So I have two partners. In, well, I have three partners in my life. I have, of course, the lovely and talented Mrs. Claus, uh, Georgianne Hancock, who has, uh, who has artfully decorated the outdoor and indoor of our house for the Christmas holidays. They look amazing. And I've got my broadcast partner, Michael Kelly, who uh, we spend time here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX, and uh, on uh, KTVI, Fox 2 in St. Louis on Sunday mornings at 8.30, and uh, Michael is my broadcast partner. Hello, Michael. And then, and then I have my business partner, and he is joining us right now on the KMOX guest line. He is Jonathan Prouty. He's a graduate of Webster University here in St. Louis. He grew up in Toledo, just outside of Toledo, Ohio. He spent time in the White House Communications Office at the Republican National Committee. He was the communications director for the Missouri Republican Party. He was the executive director of the Missouri Republican Party. And now he's a partner in Hancock and Prouty, a political consulting firm, and one of the smartest people I have ever come across in politics. Jonathan Prouty, how you doing, pal? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Prouty, based on that introduction where he uh, kindly describes all the work that George Ann does and that I carry the weight for us on the radio and TV, I would just assume since uh, you're his third partner, you're having to carry all the weight in the business too, huh? <laughs> I think that's probably right, yeah. I do most yeah. of the work. A lot of truth there. Jonathan, uh, you, you uh, have a basis of knowledge in all aspects of politics, but mainly being able to keep your, ground the, your ear to the ground and understand the changing nature of what's happening. Um, when you started in politics, uh, you, you were focused on uh, specifically what types of voters and how is that changing these days as the parties are in the midst of a realignment? Yeah, uh, well, a lot has changed in the last 15 years. And, and when I first got into this professionally, uh, it was during the, uh, the Bush years. 
And, um, you know, there were a lot of, uh, I, I mean, the focus was on, on really traditional conservatives, the, the free market types. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, your kind of pocketbook issues, um, taxes and, and things like that. And I think what we've really seen, especially over the last four years, is a, a move to a, mu- a much more kind of muscular talk on cultural issues. Uh, I think that's been really noteworthy during the Trump years. And I think, um, you know, you're, you're likely to see that continue over the next several years. Have you seen that trickle down to even state rep and state Senate races that people really have taken this more brazen approach of almost nationalizing even local elections? Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. Remember, you know, 30 years ago, James Carville said that it was the economy stupid. And that's not true anymore. I think, uh, you know, cultural issues are the most potent battlefield. Uh, And when I say that, I'm talking about this kind of crazy wokeness. I'm talking about uh, what's happening to free speech on college campuses. I'm talking about, you know, defund the police and the the response to to looting and and just crime across the country. And uh, I mean, I think that this stuff really cuts across political lines because it's about identity. It's, it's who we are. And there's a real emotional resonance to that. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, the, the presidential race this year was a lot closer than it was expected to be. And I think it's why your down ballot candidates overperformed even the president in a lot of these races. So uh, Republicans actually had a pretty darn good night uh, on election night this year. And I think a lot of it is because how we've positioned ourselves on cultural issues. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, and you and I have talked about this a lot, JP. Um, both parties, um, as, as polarized as we are, both parties are going through a transformation right now, trying to figure out what their identity is. So uh, let's look at the Democratic Party for a minute. They, they have the president, Joe Biden. Uh, Kamala Harris kind of represents a, a different wing of that party, perhaps, than Joe Biden does. And certainly in the Congress, they've got some internal struggles going on. What do you see as the future for the for the Democratic Party as they're wrestling with who their their identity? Yeah, I mean, I think in the short run, uh, you're probably going to see a lot more unity in the in the Democratic Party. I mean, it's just natural that the party in power sees that kind of unity and the the party out of power uh, sees a lot more turmoil as they kind of figure out who they're going to be. Um, so, you know, I think the Biden wind at least temporarily um, causes a truce between the, uh, the socialists and the, the mere liberals in the Democratic Party. Um, but I think the moment that he decides, I would expect that he's only going to be a one term president. I mean, if he decides that he's not going to run again, I think that opens the whole can up again. And uh, you're going to see a big, nasty primary fight. And frankly, I mean, I think the future of the Democratic Party is going to be much more socialist even than it is today. And as that happens, I mean, you're going to see these demographic shifts continue. I think you're going to see more young, white, urban, college-educated liberals in the party. And meanwhile, they're probably going to bleed, you know, the the working-class voters that they really have. And and the Republican Party will shift to accommodate those those voters. I mean, there's just natural equilibrium that takes place in politics. And uh, and I think, you know, that's certainly going to continue. 
Yeah, and so that's the look at the Democratic side of the equation. On the Republican side, you've got President Donald Trump, who is, on the one hand, leaving office and kind of going into the background, but on the other hand, is still a fundamentally very large presence in the Republican Party. And you've got, um, some would call it, I guess, a, a nationalistic populist um, wing of the Republican Party and, and and contrasted with the traditional movement conservatives that you talked about earlier. Where do you see the Republican Party shaking out now over the next decade or so? Yeah, I mean, I, at least in the next four years, which is really a lifetime in politics, I think there's going to be a, a big fight between the various factions here. You're going to have the, the Chamber of Commerce type Republicans who are going to want to pretend that, that the Trump years never happened. You're going to have uh, the kind of economic populists that want to take Trumpism and turn it into a coherent political philosophy. Uh, you're going to have the kind of the ever-present anti-establishment, you know, just burn it all down people. And then there's going to be some of the lesser groups, your, your national security conservatives and your isolationists and your libertarians. And I think this is going to continue until we, we nominate a candidate for president in 2024. And, and, you know, for my part, I think that the future of the Republican Party, at least in the short run, is uh, going to be populism, because that's where the votes are right now. And that means that the Republican Party in 2024 is going to look vastly different than, you know, the Republican Party looked when I started this or, or the, the Republican Party in 2012. Um, you know, we're going to be less interventionist on foreign policy, uh, more protectionist on trade. Uh, I, you know, I think we're going to be less willing to consider reforms to entitlements. I, I think, um, you know, the, the days of Republicans winning on issues like free trade and re uh, restrained government spending and a muscular foreign policy, I think those days are probably over. Yeah. Uh, wow. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Jonathan, um, we are pretty polarized as well as uh, not only by party lines, but by where we live. Uh, from a Republican perspective, are you uh, uh, concerned about the fact that Republicans are going to extinct in urban areas and from a Democratic perspective that they're going extinct in rural areas? Well, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, from a political perspective, I, I think that that probably bodes well for Republicans in the long term. Um, you know, I, I think, frankly, we have just done a better job of building a broad nationwide coalition of, of you know, the ag states and the, the sunbelt states and the, the rust belt states. Uh, and, and that really translates to electoral college victories. And what you've seen is even though the Democrats have done really well recently in the popular vote, they own these urban cities on the coasts, and, and that's just not a diverse enough coalition to, to win the presidency uh, hardly anymore. He's Jonathan Prouty. He is a partner in the great firm of Hancock and Prouty. Uh, so when you hang out with uh, Michael Kelly and John Hancock, um, is, it, is it the time of your life or you, do you have to just survive it? Uh, oh, no, it's it's absolutely the time of my life. Oh, here, here. I, I look forward to it every day. Who can blame you? Well, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Anderson. Oh, Mike Anderson getting in. Weighing in. All right, that's Jonathan Prouty. We got to check the weather. We're going to come back. Uh, we're listening to your thoughts about 
Thanksgivings of old and your Christmas memories. That's coming your way next on the Voice of St. Louis News Radio 1120 KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. News Radio 1120 KMOX. The voice of the Cardinals. And welcome back to Overnight America with Hancock and Kelly and John. When we were talking earlier about... Uh, famous bar and going down to see the um, the, um, Santa. the windows down there and to see Santa. I vaguely remember, so I'm going to need a little bit of help because I, I think this was kind of phasing out as I was a kid, but I vaguely remember there were a couple of times we went to famous bar and I guess we went yes. to like the eighth floor down there Yes, and they used to have a cafeteria. And yes. the whole reason I get, I think it was a cafeteria. Maybe it was a full sit down restaurant. Maybe people will remember 314 436 7900, 1 800 925 1120. And in that, I just know that there was famous bars, famous French onion soup. And I do remember eating that as a kid. And one of my sisters, I believe, still makes it now. Like the recipe must be floating out there. Um, but I, I, I Vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember a department store still having a restaurant in it. Yeah, and you had, speaking of floating, you had the little floating bread thing there and the French onion soup. You had the cheese layer on top of that. It, uh, you had to cut through the cheese to get down to the soup. And, um, yeah, that was good stuff. And I remember, so kind of post-famous bar downtown, uh, for, gosh, it only lasted a couple of years, but we had the St. Louis Center. Remember that? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it was a shopping mall in a high-rise, basically, and it uh-huh. ended up being an office building. But um, it was a in its heyday, it was a shopping mall, and they had a white Kawaii grand piano, a five-foot-two-inch baby grand piano there on the, on the second level, and the piano player would sit there and play. And that was one of my early gigs in life, was playing at the St. Louis Center. And so... Yeah, buddy, I would right uh, in the middle of the whole place, and that yeah, that place was packed. I remember it was was huge when that first started. It was huge. It was one of the first big, real indoor malls in St. Louis. Right, right. And so, um, you know, I would show up in my little three-piece suit, and I'd sit down there at the white Kawaii grand piano, and I'd play little ragtime tunes. And then uh, during my breaks, which started off to be fifteen minutes, they ended up to be thirty minutes, which is why I was no longer employed there, but, um, I I would, I would, I would waddle over to the, uh, famous bar and, and, and they had the French onion soup there at the St. Louis center. 
and so you'd go in, you'd sit down at a table and the waiter would come over, you'd order the soup and they'd bring the soup and there it was, the steam coming off the top. And uh, yeah, it's was so it really sh- that good, or was it more just? Kind oh of no, like- it was that good. It was that good. It, really it was that was, good. Huh? So you had the you had the layer of cheese on top that would kind of lap over the side of the bowl, uh, right. so that you can kind of scrape you know the cheese off of the side of the bowl, and then uh, you had the bread thing that was nice and soft because it's sitting in a pile of soup. And then uh, you get down, you got the brown whatever the water thing, whatever they did to that, and then and <laughs> the then broth, the, and yeah. then. Yeah, and then the onions in there. Right. And mm-hmm. uh it was uh yeah, it was amazing. Amazing. It's it's just amazing that that that, that was, you know, that was just a couple decades ago. And now if you said to people, first of all, let's go to the mall, they think you you know, what what do we got one or two functioning malls left if. in St. Louis? Yeah. yeah. And that now there's these food courts that you can go into. How about this one? Um, I remember with my grandparents. Now, I don't remember doing this with my parents. The, it Schnooks used to have a restaurant inside their grocery stores. Um, and you could get breakfast there. I want to say, you know, the whole theme of the restaurant was uh, the little tin soldier, you know, the little toy soldier, this yeah. Schnooks toy soldier. Yeah. And I know they had um one out in St. Peter's when I was a kid that you would go and have breakfast kind of like a Bob Evans or any other kind of Bob breakfast Evans. place up there do you re- do you recall those uh vaguely yeah they they used to have those of course now the the big super uh Deerbergs and Schnucks they they have uh food facilities in there uh there let's go to let's go to the phone Michelle used to run a restaurant in I uh, maybe the St. Louis Center Michelle welcome to KMLX Hi, this is my second time calling in tonight. Oh, you're a, <laughs> you guys, you're a, you're a double header, oh, Michelle. Yeah, you guys got me going. Yes, gosh, it the St. Louis Center. Yeah. <laughs> it had like the glass and I managed a restaurant on the first floor called Walters. Oh yeah, well, you sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a jewelry okay. store? No, it was yes, a restaurant. Well, no, it was a restaurant, a bar and a restaurant. And the format was that we had a street entrance so we didn't have to close when the mall closed. Yeah. And so the format was to be for all the business people and so on that would get in their cars and drive to the county, that they would come in there for happy hour. Well, that didn't happen. They <laughs> They still got in their cars and went to the county. So, yeah. So anyway, well, let me let me let me ask you, Michelle. Uh, do you remember that dashingly handsome piano player there on the second level at the white uh, Kauai Grand Piano? Huh? Yes, I walked by him many times. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. And, I, and I was a young woman then. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a love connection. <laughs> well, Thanks for it's the a little late. We'll, we'll, it's a little we'll late now. You next hour when you, Michelle, when you, uh, you, you, you should have spoken uh, up when the time was ripe. Yeah. Would you have spoke back? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was kind of right. shy, but I would have I spoken back. Yeah. Uh, yes. You played a beautiful piano. It was very nice. It Thank added you, an elegant touch. It really How did. about that? 
She what a country remember. this is. She's just being polite to you, dude. <laughs> All right, thanks for the call, Michelle. She doesn't remember. Oh, yeah, you were so dashing. And you used the word to describe your movement around the mall as waddle. You said I'd waddle <laughs> over the floor. Yeah, let me just. Tell well, you, I was a lot lighter. You know, I was, I was, I was clocking in at one sixty-five back then, Kelly. I, I, yeah. I may waddle. I may waddle I gotta, now. I got a thigh back then, that weighs one sixty-five. Back then, What's it was the, a, it was a stride. <laughs> We're talking about memories of Christmas and Thanksgiving, and uh, boy, uh, yeah, St. Are. Louis Center. And famous bar. And let's go back to the phone lines. And Alfred, Alfred, you're on the Voice of St. Louis on Overnight America. Okay, that's great. This is Alfred. Alfred Antonio Arno. Uh, I often listen to KMOX. I mean, like, very often. And I was just listening tonight as you were talking about famous bar and Christmas yeah. time and, uh, when we were younger. And it just brought back so many immediate memories. I had just moved back to St. Louis after college. Uh, at the time that St. Louis Center opened, and I worked at uh, Bacharach, and uh, I, was, Ooh, yeah. uh, I was down there. Yeah, at Bacharach there. But uh, back to Famous Bar, when I was a kid, my mother would always take me down to see the windows in Famous Bar, and that was amazing. But my mother, she was a real uh, downtowner, because, you know, back in the 60s, and I guess I'm dating myself, but yeah, back in the 60s, downtown was a bustling Oh yeah, metropolis. Yeah, I mean, it was like it was like New York in the Midwest. Yes. Uh, so, so uh, she would always go to Famous Bar. We always go on the Famous Bar, and the thing I remember, she always, my mother insisted that I grew up as a gentleman. So I would have to pull that heavy door. You know those heavy doors they say. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you pull Two that hands. heavy door, and then that Two hands, blast Alfred. of air. Yes. That blast of yes. air would hit you. I never knew what that blast of air was for me. Then you go right there, and there was the peanut uh, counter with the <laughs> yes. peanuts and the jelly beans. And oh yeah, oh man, you guys, yeah, you guys are great. It's always great listening to you. And you know, uh, people often tell me that I should probably look into working in radio. They say they like my voice. I don't know. Oh, you got a great and voice. I would well, see, I'm coming from you guys. I, hey, I'm going to, and I really like to uh, follow through with that. I probably will, but I really appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for letting me talk to you. Let me ask you, Alfred, while, while we've got you here. Um, you remember uh, the St. Louis Center. Do you remember the <clears throat> dashingly handsome piano player? Uh, that, uh, well, I was listening to the young lady talk about the dashing uh, 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 piano player. I do remember that white piano that's sitting up there. They used to be sitting yeah. there because... St. Louis Center was like, that was like a big pop just downtown St. Louis, wasn't it? Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then you had Sticks Baron Fuller on the opposite yes. side. Yes. And then you had Wolves. You remember Wolves? Uh, Men's oh, th totally. Yes. Oh, I have no yeah, idea what that yeah. is. What was it? Wolves? Wolves, buddy. Oh, yeah, uh, spell it. He's a kid. He's a kid. Uh, no, no. <laughs> well, Wolf was uh, a very popular men's clothier. It was like really W O L F S. Yes, yes. Huh? <laughs> and what was it like? Suits or was it? Yeah, they had clothes? suits. Uh, total, they had every total total men's clothier. Hmm. Total it was shoes, socks, underwear, suits, slacks, whatever you needed, and you it was like a... all top quality. Yeah. Yeah, all you get you a quality. pair of you get you a pair of floor shimes in there, Kelly. Uh, all shined up, put those floor shimes on, 
put that three-piece suit on, go strolling out into the mall, sit down at the white grand Waddle piano. Waddle into the mall. Waddle and into the, the mall. world would be, uh, would, would, would come to you. And that's the way it was back then. Uh, we want to thank Alfred for joining us. We want to thank Michelle for being with us as well. And all of our listeners and guests. He's Michael Kelly. He's very young. I'm John Hancock. I remember all this stuff and was part of some of it back in the day. We'll be back to wrap this hour up on the Voice of St. Louis News Radio 1120 KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Hey there, John Hancock, Michael Kelly. We're in for Ryan Recker. It's Overnight America. I am sitting in my basement office in Chesterfield, Missouri, and I'm looking out, Michael. Yeah. Uh, if I if I look out to my straight ahead, just to the right, I'm looking at the uh, at the little. Um, what do you call this thing? The, the, the stanchion for the Republican National Convention in 2016 in Cleveland that uh, it says Missouri on it. And right. it's, signed, it's signed by all the delegates. And uh, it, is, it is sitting right next to my old-timey radio that's dialed into 1120 a.m. And uh, right next to my bookcase where I've got a, uh, looks like a Bruce Souter and Stan Musial signed baseball on the second shelf of my bookshelf, and then I got books and so forth. What are you looking at right now? Uh, well, I'm looking outside at a palm tree that hmm. has Christmas lights on it, hmm. and uh, I'm watching some folks socially distance in a street below me, hmm. uh, indulging in cold beverages from the brewery that happens to be just below where I sit now so i'm While guessing you may not be you, you may not be in st louis if you're looking at a palm tree and so forth no i am down in jupiter florida i'm here with my mother and i uh we're the i'm from a large family i have five sisters they've all gotten married and reproduced and uh i'm the only <laughs> single one my mother is a widow and yeah. she and i chose to come down to uh, the family condo in in Florida and and spend time this place where my mom and my dad spent uh, well a good 10 15 years of their lives coming down here in the winter so we're down here socially distanced for thanking Thanksgiving and neither of us are going to be eating turkey on Thanksgiving because what? we're not I don't like the big turkey bird neither does my mother what and so we're gonna probably do a nice oh, tenderloin God. or something. Unbelievable. It, 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 what? What? Is uh, it un-American uh, it, not to have yes, a turkey? Yes. It's not un-American. Plenty of How people. How can... I, I, I don't people. have... If we I throw open these phone lines, John, I don't have words. Plenty of people don't do turkey for Of course they do. Everybody three, does one, turkey four, at Thanksgiving. 436 7900 with you? 1-800-925-1120. Somebody call in right now and you, prove you, to John Hancock that not everybody eats turkey. You have just told the people of St. Louis and beyond because we are 50,000 watts and it's nighttime. And so people all over the country are listening to you, well, potentially listening to us right now. And you have just told these people that it's acceptable not to eat turkey on Thanksgiving. It is. It's What's completely the matter acceptable. with you, Kelly? I, it, I it, talked it, to the Pope it, and the Archbishop and both of them said it was fine. So you, you can yeah, do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what the Pope's going to have tomorrow what? or Thursday? Turkey. You know what the Archbishop's going to have on Thursday? 
turkey. turkey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know and what Mike what, Kelly's going to have? Steak. Not turkey. Not turkey. No, not eating yeah. turkey. It's not my it's, bag, buddy. Well, <laughs> and turkey's a big giant pain to put together. Well, this explains like it the, all. So there's just the two of us, right? So we're supposed to go out and get a big giant turkey and baste this sucker in an oven when it's already 80 degrees out here. We got the windows open. We're enjoying the nice weather. Do you really think we want that oven heating up the entire house? No. Socialism. Throw a couple of steaks on the grill. Socialism. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna. I'm gonna uh, put some mushrooms together and kind of uh you know cook them up a little bit mushrooms. let them get rid of the oh yeah mushrooms with a little soy sauce on them pal oh and then I'll soy sauce that uh, that's the, american you, you, you coat that on top of your steak your uh you know your tenderloin there i'll probably do some type of mashed potato and this uh, you is know, how some, it starts some asparagus what what do you mean that i'm not having turkey that's socialism yeah yeah, yeah. this is how it starts uh mm. you stop having turkey on thanksgiving and then pretty soon, pretty soon, you begin to doubt the free market. There's, there's plenty and, of people who do things other than turkey on Thanksgiving. And then Let's you begin to think it's, it's okay to be authoritarian in the government. Oh, stop. And this is how it Authoritarian? Starts. You're the ones that you're the clowns who put this guy in. <laughs> He's the authoritarian of this, not Democrats. Let's go to John. He's having John. a turkey. Yes. Good go for ahead. him. Good for him. Uh, John, you're on KMOX. Yes. Yes. Hear me. Yes. Yeah. Well, loud and clear, John. Okay. For years and years, my mother served capon, and then she considered that yeah, it's castrated rooster, Mm. and she that was considered fine. That that was fine dining, not not dining, and it wasn't dry like turkey. It was nice and juicy. Anyway, Mm. we had that for years and years and years. Castrated rooster. I think it is. What, yeah. Well, what, 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 why can't... would that make the animal taste better? What, what, help me out with that. Because <laughs> he's not running around. Uh, yeah, you got, exactly. you got the rooster. <laughs> he's not. He's not looking at. You know. He's not heading out looking at all the chickens. Checking for and, chicks. Uh, he's not yeah. looking for chicks. He's not looking for what, chicks. And so what, why uh, do he's they have juicy. To castrate the poor little guy. Well, I mean, that's what they do. It's a cape on. You that's put your cape, cape on, on and. You put your cape, it's like Superman. You put the cape on and then uh, off you go. I don't know about that. That sounds disgusting. Have you ever had turducken? Uh, it has turkey in it, so the answer is yes. Well, But it's a turkey that that that's, then inside the turkey is a duck. Yeah, a chicken. And inside and then, yeah. the duck is a chicken. You've done that. You've had uh, that. Yeah. Uh, pr- or, or, no. You're lying. Here we go. Yeah, 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 of course. Of course. I've seen I've seen John Madden have the turducken. So yeah. that kind is of John counts. Madden still alive? He is. Uh Anderson, look into that. But I I think uh yes, I think he is still alive. And Pat right, Summerall's good. not, correct? Pat Summerall is no longer with us. He will not be having yeah. turkey like you. He will not be having turkey on Thanksgiving. No. Well, I'm alive and well. John I'm Madden's steak. 84. Yeah, this is this is un-American. But I'm not a normally a steak eater. I'm not normally uh-huh. a steak eater. Yeah. I'm a chicken yeah. and fish guy. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. hey, and I eat turkey. I have turkey sandwiches all the time. I don't yeah. want the turkey bird. Plus, there's two mm. of us. What am I going to cook that giant turkey for? What are we going to do that for? Well, if anybody knows what a breast is, Kelly, it's you. 
That's exactly and right. And I, that's you get what a, I like, you get a, is the turkey You get a breast. turkey breast. And you, you have it. It's Thanksgiving. You have a turkey. He's Michael Kelly. I'm John Hancock. Mm-hmm. How much mm-hmm. more of this can we do? Well, another four hours. Hopefully two, two plus two, four more hours. We'll see you next on KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T Mobile.com. 